jumper on the way. He hits, and it's a three. It's a franchise record, 54 for Carl Anthony Towns. Wolves cast, audio on demand. Gibson struggling to get it in, finds Wiggins. Andrew around a town screen, inside of midcourt, launches the three, at the buzzer, banks it in. Andrew Wiggins has won it at the buzzer. Lots it up ahead. Tyus rises up and slams it with the right hand. Taj Gibson with a defensive play of the game. It's over, it's over. Celebrate Wolves Nation. Welcome into another episode of Wolves Cast Audio On Demand. John Fokey alongside Cal Soderquist. And on this episode, we've got kind of a Duke-themed episode. We'll check in with a pair of former Duke players in Tyus Jones and Luol Dang. And of course, we'll preview this upcoming stretch of Minnesota, which includes a home-and-home series with the Phoenix Suns. Cal will take us three in the key in our final segment. But first, Cal, we're a little over a week into the Ryan Saunders era. Of course, he was named interim head coach after uh, Tom Thibodeau was relieved of his duties after that L.A. Lakers game here at Target Center. And I know it's small sample size theater, but as you look over the last stretch of games for Minnesota and mid-season, it's hard to make wholesale changes, especially when you don't have a ton of practice time. But what are some of the, the tweaks or, or differences that you've noticed through the first handful of games here under Ryan Saunders? Well, I think first, you know, he's just, it seems, at least from the outside, that he's done a good job kind of keeping his head above water, really, mm-hmm. when you think about it, especially the whirlwind first 48 hours that did include that emotional OKC victory But even still, I'm sure things have settled down a little bit, but he's still kind of getting used to this new routine. We talk so much about players being creatures of habit. They have their schedule on game days. They have their schedule on practice days. Assistant coaches, I would guess, are very similar. We used to joke about how Ryan would always be the guy out there warming up guys uh, pregame and and even in practices. So he probably has had to reconfigure all of that, and he seems to have embraced all of it in stride. And it seems like everyone is really on the same page. The veterans, when you get to talk to them, obviously the guys that know Ryan closely, Tyus Jones, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, everyone has kind of rallied around this this new leadership and really a new identity for a team. Um, so the wins and losses, we've seen kind of the full roller coaster and like you mentioned, just ba- basically a little more than a week. Uh, we've seen the ups and the downs, but I, I think everyone remains connected and on the same page, and that's big. Well, I think Alan Horton brought it up to your point about Ryan's routine that uh, that first game in Oklahoma City, he kind of came out, <laughs> and he wasn't in his sweats, but he was kind of in his suit and sat on the sideline, wanting to get out there and work out with the guys. That was what you know he's used to doing before each and every game. I think a couple of things that have stood out to me are the rotations are a little bit different. You know, it used to be that you knew exactly when Carl was coming out. You knew when he was going to come back. You knew Andrew was going to play a long stretch in the first quarter, uh, come back about midway through the second quarter. And now you're seeing some differences in that. Guys are maybe coming out earlier, coming back earlier. Uh, We saw Anthony Tolliver last Friday against Dallas come in for a five-minute stint in the first half and then didn't play in the second half. We saw Luol Dang come in in the first half and spark Minnesota against New Orleans and then not play in the second half and you know the rotation which under Tom Thibodeau was set at nine players now it's been extended to 10 and the other thing that that stood out to me uh, specifically in these close games is Ryan going with some offense defense substitutions you're seeing Dario Saric and Taj Gibson sort of tag each other out at different ends of the floor and so just some some 
subtle changes, some subtle tweaks and differences uh, that have stood out to me about the Ryan Saunders era. And man, what a first week for Ryan. I mean, he kind of got a chance to see everything from close wins with Oklahoma City and New Orleans to a close loss with Dallas uh, to a, a difficult blowout loss at Philadelphia. And so what what I liked about what he said afterwards, and you hear this from coaches all the time, so it's no surprise, but I really feel like Ryan has done a great job of embracing this, that you can't get too high, you can't get too low, you've got to stay connected, you've got to stay together, and you know, Tibbs used to use that line all the time, we get into stuff together, we get out of stuff together, and uh, it may sound cliche, but it is true, and at times like this, where you're you're trying to forge ahead with a midseason change, staying together, staying connected is so key to keep improving day after day. And after that, you know, after that Philly loss, and it was t- uh, a tough one to swallow for sure, but he said, we look forward to getting better tomorrow. Yeah. And I think that's got to be the attitude when really your goal is still the postseason. You're still in this huge mess of a jumble of, of teams trying to get back into that playoff picture. And every game is going to have kind of an intensity to it. You can't dwell on the tough losses no no more than you can really take too much time to savor those emotional victories like we saw in OKC. So like you said and like Ryan has said, staying even keel and, and kind of just taking it as you go. And it's almost better that they're getting all of this out of the way in the first two weeks and they'll have experienced it all in, in a half a month span. All right, we talked about Luol Dang and the impact that he had last Saturday against New Orleans. We'll hear from him as well as Tyus Jones coming up next right here on Wolves Cast on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Experience the pack like never before with the official mobile app of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Whether you're at home, at Target Center, or anywhere around the globe, the app is your remote control to all things Timberwolves. Head over to the App Store or Google Play to download it now. Welcome back to Wolves Cast Audio On Demand. John Fogey with you. Still to come, we go one-on-one with Minnesota's own Tyus Jones to learn where his love of the game of basketball came from. Plus, Cal Sertiquist will rejoin me as we go three in the key. Take a look at the upcoming stretch of games for Minnesota, which includes a home-and-home set with the Phoenix Suns. But first, just about a week ago, Minnesota's front court dealing with foul trouble as they battled Anthony Davis and the New Orleans Pelicans. And interim head coach Ryan Saunders turned to seldom-used veteran Luol Dang, hoping to provide a spark. Well, Dang did just that as Minnesota outscored the Pelicans 14-2 while he was on the floor, and they were able to build a double-digit lead. After that game, Saunders lauded Dang's professionalism. Luol Dang, um, you know, I hope, I hope everybody realizes how great of a professional he is because for him to stay ready you know through throughout the year and then you know he comes in late at night he's there he's there for all hours and for him to stay ready and then come in and play meaningful minutes like that and get five quick points I mean you just can't say enough about him and I recently caught up with Luol to pick the vet's brain about a variety of topics been in the league a long time. What, what do you love about coming to work every day, putting on a uniform, whether whatever uniform it is, and, and going out there and competing? I think the number one thing is always um, just the love of the game. Uh, you have to love what you do. And I think, you know, as basketball players, if you don't love the game, it's always going to be a, a very challenging and difficult thing. But if you love playing, just the fact that I show up, put my uniform on, and then get to compete on the basketball court, um, just been very blessed uh, to have the opportunity to do it for as many years uh, and to be uh, healthy doing it. What do you love about the game and, and playing it? Obviously, you want to win uh, anytime you compete. 
So that's always the number one thing, seeing results of what you're doing. But just the brotherhood that you develop in the locker room and the people that you work with, the people that you see every day, uh, achieving something together. Um, it's always when you think back, you don't really remember how many All-Stars, um, how many points you scored, how many whatever. You really remember how we got together and we did it. Uh, the wins, how the city stands behind you. So those are all part of what we do, and you have to love it all. How about on the defensive end? How, how do you take a group and turn them into a defensive unit, a, a unit that can win games at that, on that side of the ball? You, you always, I think it's an identity thing. Uh, as a team, you have to come together. And earlier on, um, it's the job of everybody in the team, but obviously the, the vets, you always got to let the young guys know that they're gonna, you're going to give them more credit for getting a defensive stop than scoring 20 points. Uh, that's for the fans to enjoy the points, but it's a team for us to win. What you give us, your effort defensively, has to become our you know, identity as a team. So when you become a great defensive team, everybody got to celebrate everybody when we get a stop. And as a team, it's how many stops do we put together every night. Um, that's how you get better and you become a defensive team. And, and is defense one of those things that you might be gifted to play it, but you have to want to play it? You have to commit to it? Yeah, I always say hard work. You know, People measure talent in different ways. Um, and hard work is something that you control, how hard you play, uh, how bad you want it. And I think as a team, once uh, that's not uh, something that you try to do every night, um, you're never ever gonna, you know, be a winning team. You can look good at some nights, and you never, you know, sustain consistency. You know, scoring. Some guys are gonna carry us some nights. It's gonna be other guys. But defensively, as a team, we expect the same effort every night. What's the biggest challenge to being a consistent team, whether it's offensively or defensively, uh, throughout an 82-game season in the NBA? I think the the, the passion. Um, you know, it's especially for young teams, when you're with a young team, um, it's really easy to get carried away, uh, especially with today. Uh, I remember, you know, coming into the league, you had to, first you wait for the stats to be printed, um, and then you had to hear from your coaches, and you heard from those that are close to you or your high school coach. Now, you know, you have a great game and the whole world uh, is giving you their opinion. Or if you have a bad game, the whole world is giving you. And guys are seeing it in their phone as soon as the game is over. So it's really having the mindset of understanding that, you know, within the four walls of the locker room, what these guys think about you is the only thing that matters, uh, whatever the result is at the end of the day. Yeah, that's something interim head coach Ryan Saunders talked about earlier this week after the loss to Philly as well. Never getting too high, never getting too low. It's coming into work every day. All right, still to come, our Duke-themed show rolls on. We'll catch up with Tyus Jones right here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. The season is here, and unforgettable experiences are just waiting for you and your group. Catch the pack in action and get in on pregame performances, player high fives, photo ops, and more. Find your experience now at Timberwolves.com groups. Minnesota Timberwolves, all eyes north. Wolves cast continues. Be sure to stick around. Cal Soderquist will rejoin me in our final segment as we take a look at Minnesota's home-and-home home set with the Phoenix Suns and another looming West Coast road trip as we go three in the key. But first, Tyus Jones, a fixture on the Minnesota basketball scene for many years. He grew his love of game through his family, as we learn in this week's Spotlight. Being around the game at a young age, and we think of whether it's your brothers or your family, whether mm -hmm. aunts and, and your mom playing basketball, uh, what kind of, as, as you were around the game and 
all of them played the game. What drew you to it? What made you love the game and pursue it? Um, basketball was just the f most fun thing in the world to me. Um, and I never truly realized, like, thought about it until I got older, but there was nothing better than shoot, going out and shooting, you know, shooting hoops or dribbling and running around with the basketball in my hands, shooting, playing, like, that was just the most fun thing in the world to me. Um, and as a kid, you, you always like being active. You like playing football, basketball, any type of sport, but um, basketball was always like special to me. Um, and just being around it from such a young age, my parents both played, my older brother, you know, siblings, everyone played, like you said. And um, so it was kind of in my blood, you know, you could say, but it was always just the best thing in the world to me. And I just had so much passion from passion and joy playing the game of basketball. Is it still the best thing in the world? For sure, it definitely <laughs> is. There's nothing better than it. Even as it becomes your job, you, you keep that same passion, that same love for it? Yeah, you, and you have to. Um, you have to, especially on this level, just because there's so much um, that goes into playing at this level. Um, and like you said, it is your job now. So that brings a different twist into it. But if you don't have that you know, joy um, you know, that, you have, that you got you know, when you were a little kid, um, just playing the game of basketball, it'll be, it'll be a lot tougher for you. So um, you gotta keep that joy, that fun, um, you know, and that passion for sure. Yeah, and you can see that when Tyus is out on the floor, the joy and passion that he plays with. All right, Minnesota about to embark on another West Coast trip. These have not been kind to the Wolves so far this season. We'll look ahead as we go three in the key with Cal Soderquist next on the Timberwolves Radio Network. The Timberwolves are back, and so is College Night, presented by U.S. Bank. For select home games, college students can get upper-level tickets for $10 by using a valid.edu email address online. Visit Timberwolves.com college for more info. Minnesota Timberwolves, all eyes north. Wrapping up Wolves cast, John Fokey rejoined by Cal Soderquist here on the Timberwolves Radio Network, looking up to uh, an interesting slate of games here for Minnesota. Cal, we got to go back out to the West Coast, which has just been, uh, it has been brutal for Minnesota so far this year. Now, I guess the good news is we don't have to go all the way to the West Coast for an extended time. You get to kind of uh, straddle the mountain, uh, the mountain time zone for a little bit. But uh, a home and home with Phoenix and then looming are the L.A. Lakers and the Utah Jazz. What do you got for us in three in the key this yeah, week? Yeah, go, go run that by the players, see if they embrace <laughs> it the same way. Uh, we'll start with three key players. And because we have kind of the, the change of pace home and home series with the Suns, we have two Phoenix players in our three key players. We start with Devin Booker. And the last time the Wolves and Suns met up, Booker was just coming back from a six-game absence due to a strained hamstring. He's dealt with injuries a lot this year, but in that game, he hit the ground running. He finished with 28 points, seven boards, and seven dimes. It was a home win for the Suns, and it began a two-week stretch for Booker where he averaged basically 30 points, eight assists, and four boards. And uh, he's kind of been up and down since then. A lot of it has to do with the injury certainly shows that he's able to flip that switch when he needs to, so keep an eye on him. And the second Phoenix player is DeAndre Ayton. Now, he's a rookie, first overall pick in the most recent draft, has been overshadowed by his uh, rookie counterpart down in Dallas, Luka Doncic. But Ayton also has put together quite an impressive start to his career. He has 12 games already of 20 or more points, 10 or more rebounds, and uh, that's the most by any rookie since Carl Anthony Towns mm -hmm. did it 26 times 
in his 2015-16 rookie year. Also, over his last 16 games, Aiton has got 10 double-doubles, averaging 19 points on 61% shooting, and uh, as well as nearly 12 boards per contest, plus a block and a steal per game over that span. And he kind of fits that, that prototype of guys that have sometimes given Cat trouble, maybe have a little bit of the size-weight advantage on Cat. So watch that matchup both Sunday here at the Target Center and then Tuesday in Phoenix. Third and final key player, Kyle Kuzma. He missed that most recent matchup with Minnesota when the Lakers were in town to start 2019, basically. He uh, missed it with a bruised lower back. But before that, his month of December was one of the best stretches of his young career. And over his last five games as well, he's tallied 22 points per contest, including a career-best 41-point night in a win over the Pistons. He's doing his best to try to be that go-to scorer and try to keep the Lakers afloat in the Western Conference while LeBron continues to recover from that groin injury. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing will be where is LeBron at? I know he's he's improved, but where will he be at by the time Minnesota faces the Lakers at Staples Center next week? We'll talk a little bit more about that right here. Uh, two key stats. First, the Suns scoring trio. At the moment, the Suns are bringing up the rear in the Western Conference standings, not really fooling anyone as a playoff contender, but the future certainly bright in Phoenix. We mentioned Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton already. They team up with TJ Warren, and all three of those guys are averaging more than 15 points per game currently, making them the first trio of Suns teammates to do so since Amari Stoudemire, Steve Nash, and Jason Richardson posted those numbers in the 2009-2010 season. So certainly a time that I I think Suns fans look back on with good memories, so maybe more of those to come. Our second key stat is 13. You mentioned LeBron. At this time uh, we're taping this, LeBron James has missed 11 straight games while he continues to recover from that groin injury suffered on Christmas. That number will go to a 13 as he's going to miss this two-game road trip for L.A., Before the season, the most consecutive games LeBron had ever missed was only eight straight, and he had never missed more than 13 games in any season period. So he's going to match that mark, perhaps eclipse it, and as we said, he's kind of walking a tightrope where you want to take this you want to take this long-term view and, and not come back and risk re-injury, but at the same time, they're losing ground in, in their playoff positioning and you know, you want to make sure that that playoff streak doesn't end for LeBron. Think about that. No postseason with LeBron. That would be strange. Finally, one key matchup. We kind of alluded to it. DeAndre Ayton and Carl Anthony Towns. Round one of this matchup between these two guys, uh, two former number one picks. It went to Ayton only in the sense that the Suns got the victory. Ayton was slightly more efficient. Both guys had double-doubles. That was down in Phoenix, and we quickly get round two and round three of the head-to-head battle on Sunday and Tuesday, so keep an eye on them. All right, looking forward to that. Carl Anthony Towns, of course, uh, was playing at such a high level before uh, Minnesota stubbed their toe against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So get your tickets to Sunday's matchup here at Target Center and then join us for some late games as Minnesota heads back out west. That'll do it for this episode of Wolves Cast For Cal Soderquist, I'm John Folke saying so long. We'll talk to you again next week right here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. This has been a presentation of the Timberwolves Radio Network.